0: Thanks so much for your listenership and support. Good evening. Welcome to Send Me to Sleep, the world's sleepiest podcast. I'm your host, Andrew. I'm here to help calm your mind and send you into a peaceful night's sleep. Tonight, I'll be reading the first two chapters from The Shadow Witch by Gertrude Crownfield. So let your eyes fall heavy and your breath soften as we settle in for a peaceful night's sleep. Chapter One One morning at early dawn, the shadow witch stole down her palace steps and out into her garden of shadows to walk there alone. Not many days before, a stranger prince, seeking to deliver a beautiful flame princess whom he loved, had passed through the land of the evil fairies that lies far away from the heart of the fire. The Shadow Witch had seen him, and at first, half in mischief and half because she was lonely, had tried, by her magic, to lure him away from his quest into her own land. But soon, moved by his courage and goodness, yet most of all by his faithful love to his princess, she had given him aid in his undertaking and had saved him from destruction by her brother, the wizard of the cave of darkness. No such bright visitant, had ever before come into the strange country where she dwelt, and when he departed, her dim palace, her misty woods and gardens, even her own magic, no longer gave her pleasure as they had once before. Far from her dominions lay that. Lovely land from whence the prince had come, the land of the good and happy fire fairies. Of the bright spells, the noble magic, the joyous life of these fairies, she knew nothing. Through her dusky land she moved, attended by her servants, the shadows, working with them her curious and sometimes mischievous spells. Her brother, the wizard, gave her no cheer, spent no love upon her, taught her nothing good, and she, for her own part, seldom sought his presence. As she walked, this morning in her garden. Her dark eyes were troubled, and she let her grey garments sweep the ground unheeded, while in fancy she followed Prince Radiance, who had come for one brief hour in her dull life. She could not but wonder whether she must always be lonely as she was now, whether she must always wish in vain for such happiness as his land could give. Up and down the alleys of the garden she went, and for a long time no one came to disturb her, but at length a voice broke upon her musings. Mistress of the Shadows, it said, a messenger from your brother, the wizard, desires to speak with you. The Shadow Witch lifted her eyes. Before her stood her most faithful servant, Creeping Shadow, What is his message? the shadow witch demanded. He declares that it is for your ears alone, the shadow answered. Her mistress frowned impatiently. She was in no mood to talk with him. He waits at the palace door, continued creeping shadow and says that he will remain there until you are pleased to receive him. Go then and bring him hither, was the reluctant answer. I will hear what he has to say. Creeping Shadow hastened to obey, and presently returned accompanied by a dwarfed creature black as the blackest soot, and clad in remnant as dusky as himself. It was the chief imp, a trusted messenger of the wizard, the shadow witch especially disliked him. He was at times impertinent when he came on her brother's errands. Therefore she held herself haughtily, and folded her robes closer about her when he drew nearer. But the chief imp bore himself humbly today, and his disagreeable face wore an air of deep distress. He bowed himself to the earth and waited permission to speak. "'What say your master?' demanded the shadow witch imperiously. "'Speak!' "'Alas!' groaned the imp, as if in profound grief. "'My master lies in his cavern, sick unto death.' He begs that you will come to him and, by your magic, restore him to himself. The shadow witch regarded him unmoved. Has so great a magician as my brother no magic of his own that will be potent to restore him, that he must ask of mine? She inquired. Nay, madam, replied the chief imp, rolling up his eyes. He has tried every means within his power, and yet grows no better. He turns to you, therefore, in his extremity, and beseeches you not to refuse him. Knowing, as she did, the craftiness of her brother, the shadow which heard his message with distrust. She knew that if she had discovered that it was by her help that the prince had escaped him and that evil had brought upon himself, it would go hard with her once she was in his power. Therefore, she determined, before she yielded to his request, to learn from his servant whether or not he suspected her of what she had done. So she bent a searching gaze upon the chief imp and began to question him. Tell me, she commanded, What is this sickness from which your master suffers, and what is its cause? The imp hastened to inform her. A strange prince penetrated the cave of darkness a short time since. For reasons of his own, the wizard sought, to overpower him with the spell of his urn of vapors, but the prince, who had come upon him without warning, suddenly flashed about him a magic weapon, a sword of flames, that instantly took from my master all power to protect himself. He cried aloud to us, and at once we hurried him away to an inner chamber, far from its dreadful sway. There he lay for a time insensible, and we feared for his life, but at length, tended by his servants, he became able to move a little, and, at last, even to speak but that is all. What has become of this prince and his magic sword? demanded the shadow witch, watching him yet more closely. Have you permitted him to escape with it unharmed? Ah, madame, the chief imp replied, when we came to see him, to wreak vengeance upon him, he had vanished and left no trace. Had this prince no servants, no companions? insisted she. None who guided him to my brother's cavern? Nay, he assured her. The prince was quite alone. The shadow witch asked him no further questions, but stood silent, pondering deeply whether or no she should grant the wizard's request. She herself had seen him overcome by the fairy sword, had seen the prince depart in safety, but that her brother trusted to any magic, of her own to restore him, she greatly doubted. Still, she believed that there could be no grave danger to herself in going to him. Never, even in the fullness of his power, had he been able to really injure her. Why should she fear him now, when he was helpless. Besides, from what the imp had said, it was not known that she had guided and protected the prince. Therefore, she had no cause for unease. She turned to where the chief imp waited, regarding her with his crafty eyes, Go back to your master, she bade him. Say to him that I will come shortly to render him what aid I can. Well pleased at the result of his errand, the chief imp departed. As soon as he was out of sight, the shadow witch beckoned creeping shadow to her side and instructed her with lifted finger. I go alone to visit my brother, the wizard, who lies ill and has sent for me. If, however, much time passes and I have not returned, you may be sure that some evil has befallen me. Seek me then, Instantly, in the cave of darkness, for I shall have need of you. Creeping Shadow swore to obey what she had been told, and her mistress, gathering her trailing robes over her arm, took her way to the wizard's cave. Gloomy and forbidding was the cave of darkness. Its outer walls rose high and cliff-like from the great plain of ash, and a yawning opening led off to its dark corridors and many dusky chambers. The shadow which had no sooner reached the cave mouth and entered it then the chief imp, with a spark lantern in his hand, met her to conduct her to his master. They passed swiftly down the narrow passage, and came presently to the vast black chamber called the Cave Hall, where the wizard was wont to sit. The cave hall was filled with imps, some clustered in groups, whispering together, some lolling idly upon the soot cushions that lay about the floor, some peeping stealthily from behind the heavy curtains of soot with which the walls were hung but their master was nowhere to be seen. The chief imp went directly to the farther wall and struck upon it with his wand. Instantly it yawned apart and an inner corridor was revealed. This part of the cave was strange to the shadow witch, but she entered boldly and followed her guide without fear through many winding ways and secret chambers until, at last, he paused before a second wall. He struck upon it as he had upon the other. It opened in its turn and she saw before her a room more profoundly dark than any that they had yet passed through. Its charcoal walls were set about with faintly glowing lanterns, but so heavy were the soot curtains that surrounded them that their light was almost quenched. Here, too, were imps, one beside each spark-lantern. But in the center of the room, the shadow witch saw that which caused her to turn pale with misgiving, for the wizard of the cave was there, not weak or ill, as she had been led to believe, but recovered and standing in the fullness of his strength. Beholding him thus, she knew that he intended mischief against her, knew also that for her safety she must show no sign of fear. After all, she thought, my own magic will protect me. Never has it been less potent than his. It will not fail me now. She lifted herself to her full height and stood tall and beautiful before him, her rich black hair falling like a mantle over her shoulders, her eyes gleaming like stars through the dusk. So, you have deceived me, brother, she said coldly. I might have known that it would be so. "'Even as you have deceived me,' retorted the wizard, bending a look of malice upon her. "'But you have been clever once too often, my sister. "'Did you think that I could not guess that it was you who made it possible?' For the stranger prince to steal upon me unawares with his sword of flames. Do I not know your trick of the moving curtain of shadow? It was that which screened him from my eyes until it was too late for me to destroy him. It was yourself who told him when to unsheath his sword. It was you, then, who made me suffer. But now my time has come to repay you, to make you feel the wrath of the wizard of the cave. The shadow witch laughed scornfully. I fear you not, she cried. Have I not magic of my own? I as great even as yours, that will serve to protect me against your enchantments. I defy you, then, magician though you are. You cannot harm me. Her words were bold, but fear clutched at her heart in spite of them. Here in this deepest part of the wizard's cave, Surrounded by his servants and distant from her own, what would become of her if her magic was to fail? She knew that it would be folly to stay and test it. She determined to escape while there was yet time. With a rush she attempted to dart past him, but in vain, He stretched his long arms and caught her to him, and though she struggled desperately against him, he held her fast. Away with the lights, shouted the wizard hoarsely. Obediently, the imp snatched the lanterns from the walls and vanished with them in haste, leaving the shadow witch alone with her brother, wrapped in deepest darkness. By what means he wrought upon her there she could not tell, for she could neither see his face nor hear his words. She only knew that suddenly all her magic powers departed from her, leaving her completely helpless. In her ears the harsh voice of the wizard sounded triumphing over her. Thus you are repaid in part, my sister, for giving aid to my enemies. It will be long before you trick me again, for, lest you should try to give me some fresh proof of your cleverness, I have prepared for you the darkness of this prison chamber. In it no shadow can have power, can work magic. Here you shall remain, until I choose to set you free. He released her hands, and she sank weakly down to the floor of the cavern, She heard his footsteps departing through the darkness, and presently she knew that she was quite alone. Lying where she had fallen, she waited until a little strength came back to her, then she crept from side to side of her prison, groping her way with her hands, for she could see charcoal hard and unyielding, behind them. It was as if the room were sealed, thus she learned that there was no faintest hope for her escape. That she was, as the wizard had said, completely in his power. Yet she did not give way to despair, for she knew that her servants were many and faithful. I will wait patiently, she whispered to herself. It cannot be long, for creeping shadow will not forget what I told her, will not fail to come to my help. Chapter 2 Creeping shadow bore constantly in mind the parting words of her mistress, and when she had waited patiently until many hours had passed and still the shadow witch did not return, she knew the time had come to go in search of her. Saying nothing to her fellow servants of her errand, she set out without further delay. As she went through the garden and out into the dim stretches of the land of the shadows, she kept careful watch that she might not overlook her dear mistress in case she should be approaching on her way homeward. She reached the Plain of Ash and stood for a moment to scan it far and wide. Only the grey expanse, dotted with low hills and mounds of ash, lay before her. Not a living creature moved upon its surface. Sure then that mischief had indeed befallen the Shadow Witch, She sped away across the plain, and with an anxiously beating heart, arrived at the entrance to the cave of darkness. She plunged into it. In the long corridor that led to the cave hall, she met, from time to time, imps coming and going upon their master's business, and she hoped they might give her some news of her mistress. Tell me, she cried to one, is my mistress the shadow witch still in the cave? But the imp laughed jeerily in her face and disappeared, making no answer. A second servant of the wizard passed her, and when she asked him the same question, he gave her an impertinent reply and vanished also. Most uneasy then than ever because of their behaviour, she went on her way in silence and came to the cave hall. Never before had she entered it alone. In a huge chair near the farther wall, She saw the wizard sitting, his shaggy brows were bent over a book of craft, wherein were written all those ancient and cruel spells in which he most delighted. An evil vapor floated from the pages of the book, and, circling round his head, half hid his grim face and dingy beard. It crept along the folds of his black garments and settled slowly about his feet, veiling them in a yellow mist. The shadow beheld him with dread. She feared to speak with him, but one whom she loved was in danger. Without making a sound, She drew nearer until she stood directly before him. Sir Wizard, she cried, I come to seek my mistress. Her voice, echoing through the silent cave hall, roused the Wizard from his evil studies. He threw back his head in angry astonishment. You shadows grow impudent, he exclaimed, frowning. Who has given you leave to intrude upon me in my cave? In spite of the indignant glance he cast upon her, Creeping Shadow was not daunted. I came to seek my mistress, she repeated. She herself has bade me to do so. Tell me then, where I shall find her. You seek her in vain," declared the wizard. "I will give you no news of her. Neither will I be disturbed. Begone at once, or it will be the worst for you. Nay." "'But I must know what you have done to her,' persisted creeping shadow. "'It was to follow the chief imp whom you sent that she left her garden of shadows. "'It was here that she bade me seek her if she did not return. "'The time has been long, and I have come to obey her commands.' The sharp eyes of the wizard flashed with wrath. What if she be here? He thundered, smiting shut his book of craft. She is my sister, and when she offends me, I shall punish her as I choose. Learn the truth, then. She lies hidden in the deepest part of my cavern, In a dungeon so dark that she can work none of her grey magic in there. In a dungeon so remote that none of her servants can ever penetrate to it. A dungeon whose walls are so tightly sealed, so cleverly enchanted, that she will try in vain to make her escape. There she shall remain until I choose to set her free. I have told you, go now and let me see your face no more. At these words, so remorseless and cruel, a wailing cry broke from the lips of creeping shadow. Even a worse fate than she had feared had overtaken the beautiful shadow witch. She threw herself in anguish at the wizard's feet to plead with him for the release of her mistress, but he would not hear her. "'Go, as I bade you,' he commanded, spurning her from him with force." Go lest I summon my servants to bind you fast, and place you in a prison as dear and lonely as hers. Creeping Shadow saw that there was no hope, that nothing would move his hard heart to mercy. Moreover, his threat overwhelmed her with terror, for if she herself were imprisoned, There would be none to bring help for her mistress, since none but herself knew that she was in the cave of darkness. She rose to her feet, and with bowed head passed from the cave hall without another word. Her heart was very heavy for at first she could think of no one to whom she could turn for assistance. The shadows, without their mistress, were powerless against the wizard. All others in the land were not only as wicked as he, as she well knew, but every one of them, curling smoke, the giant of seven hills of ash, the dragon of the gloomy vale and the ash goblin would be instantly ready to join with him against his sister. From the wind in the chimney, also, nothing but ill usage could be expected. The more she pondered, the deeper grew her despair, and every moment lost was precious. She wrung her hands in her distress. Then, suddenly, she remembered one who was not evil. One who would surely befriend the Shadow Witch. It was the Elf, the good Elf, who dwells in the borderland that stretches beyond the plain of ash and away towards the kingdom of Earth. Very old and wise is the elf. He knows the ways of the evil fairies who dwell in the countries that lie away from the heart of the fire. Knows much of their dark magic and mischievous enchantments. He knows something also of the good fire fairies and their bright spells. Safe in his home amid the ash of the borderland, he sees the wind in the chimney sweep down upon the borderland and even out across the broad hearthstone in his boldness, but he knows no fear of him. He sees the giant, curling smoke, rise stealthily from his lurking places, sees him grow vaster and vaster, until, when he chooses, he darkens all the sky, but of him, also, he is unafraid. The Ash Goblin creeps forth from his low dwelling, prying into the affairs of others and sneaking what mischief he may do. But the elf goes his way undisturbed, knowing himself secure against him. No one who comes to the elf of the borderland for help in any good deed comes in vain. Thinking of this, hope rose in the breast of creeping shadow, sure that he would not fail her she determined to appeal to him at once. Like an arrow, she sped out of the cave and swept down the cliffside and across the plain in noiseless haste. The ash goblin met her and would have detained her to ask her business, but she escaped him without reply. In trembling fear of the wind, who might swoop down upon her, she approached the chimney mouth, but she had the good fortune to pass in safety. She had entered the borderland and was not far from the elf's door, when suddenly she encountered him. He was sitting quietly upon a mound of ash. A curious little figure, with eyes that twinkled with a kindly light under thick, fuzzy brows. His fuzzy ears stood out from beneath the peaked cap. His pudgy hands were almost hidden by the sleeves of the soft, ashen garment that clothed him from head to foot. He saw creeping shadow approaching, and knowing at once from her face that she was in trouble, he guessed that she had come to ask his help. So he beckoned her to a seat beside him, and listened to her story with the keenest attention, hearing her through to the last word without interrupting her. And now, creeping shadow besought him when she had told him all, What can be done to deliver my dear mistress? There is none so wise and kind as yourself. Advise me, I beg of you. With eyes fastened eagerly upon his face, she awaited his answer. "'There is but one thing to do,' returned the elf instantly. "'You must obtain the assistance of the noble prince, "'one who, by the power of his good magic, "'can overcome the wizard and set her free.' "'Alas,' sighed Creeping Shadow, "'where might such a prince be found?' You know as well as I that all in this land are evil and use evil enchantments. True, he answered, from this land no help can come for the Shadow Witch, but you must not forget the land of fire. In it there are many good and powerful fairies, and among them is Prince Radiance. You must go to him and tell him of this desperate plight of your mistress. He will not refuse to come to her relief. Creeping Shadow shook her head slowly. I cannot believe that he will do so, she asserted, for not long since my mistress caused him great distress and disappointment by leading him astray. Aye, that she did, agreed her companion, but she made amends for it immediately afterward by rendering him a noble service. He himself told me of it with gratitude. I am certain that he has not forgotten it, and will be glad to repay his great debt. So confidently did the elf speak, that creeping shadow took heart once more. She rose quickly from her seat. “If you will but tell me where to find him, I will go and appeal to him at once," she declared. You must seek him in King Red Flame's dominion, in the palace of burning coals, the elf instructed. There he dwells with his bride, the lovely Princess Whiteflame, whom he delivered from the enchantment of the wicked earth fairy. Whether or not he is able to come himself to the rescue of your mistress remains to be discovered, but this much is certain. He will see to it that she is not left a prisoner in the hands of her brother, the wizard. And now, come, I will conduct you to the boundaries of the land of fire. Once you enter its dominions, you will find many friends, for its fairies are kind and gentle, and will do everything in their power to guide you in safety to your journey's end. Cheered and consoled by his words, Creeping Shadow set out in his company, And when at length she thanked the good elf and bade him farewell on the borders of the land of fire, she was able to go forward alone with hope and confidence.